In the Zone is back from commercial break and ready to put some cash in those pockets. Time now for Kravitz's Locks of the Week. Uh, that's just the intro that we use now to kind of get us going because it's it's like our good luck lock intro, but the people's intro is right here. Stone cold locks. Give me a hell yeah! When you know you're red hot is when you get two intros. That's how you know. Keep the winds coming, baby. All about the juju. Oh, I mean, you got to keep it. And I appreciate you keeping that alive, Tazi. You know, you're you're manning the controls over there. You know what's working. I'm aware of these things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we got. I'm wearing the same socks I wore last week and everything. <laughs> it's important. Scorching hot these past couple of weeks. I think I've gone 4-1 or 5-1 in each of the last three weeks. Either way, season-long record, something fierce. 32-16-1 coming into this week. But if you've been listening this week, I handed out a rare early lock. I think I did this. Was this on Monday or no? It was Tuesday show because you were. I'm sorry. It was Wednesday show. That was the first show we did yes. together. Either way, Thursday. The early lock of the week. Yeah, the early lock of the week. That might even have to be start. <laughs> that might have to start to become a thing. Well, only well, you know when it's apparent. when it when it feels natural. Right. And this one, I this was my favorite bet of the entire weekend, so I had to fit it in there early. Ravens minus one cashed last night, so we're already one and zero heading wow. into the weekend. Great feeling, which brings my overall record to 33-16-1. Did some quick math on that one. That's a hit rate of 67%. Locked in. Oh, my God. No pun intended. Let's get to it. Just handing out dubs over here. UCF minus two against Cincinnati right here at the bounce house. This line keeps climbing, so if you want the Knights... You better hop on now. I would recommend just taking the money line and not not have to worry about the points. But for the purposes of this segment, we're going minus two. I know that UCF has been frustrating. Believe me, I've been living it too. But this is the Gus Malzahn experience. This is exactly what he did at Auburn. And the Tiger has not changed his stripes. Good news is, is that when you're starting to get down on his teams, they usually bounce back with a really big win at the exact right time. UCF is unbeaten in conference play at home under Gus Malzahn. This will be a packed house on Saturday. And UCF, just a different team when they're playing at the bounce house. Also, what coincides with this is that Cincinnati is 0-4 against the spread this year when they've taken their show on the road. I faded them last week on the road. Covered. Let's do it again. All over the Knights here. Lock it up. Let's move to Penn State. Taking on Ohio State. Plus 15 and a half here. I love that this is a weird noon game where crazy stuff tends to be, you know, the norm at that time. It kind of sets the tone for the day. Plus, I get the Nittany Lions at home in this spot. Ohio State has looked great. But when I've watched this team this year, one thing I've noticed is that that they haven't really been tested. This is going to be their biggest test. Going in, Notre Dame was probably their toughest opponent perception-wise. Not sure about Notre Dame now, but at the time it felt like a big game, and they really struggled in that one. I've seen C.J. Stroud put passes in harm's way time and time again when I watch this team. He's got all the talent in the world, but he's got to sure that up if he's going to be the top-flight NFL guy that we project him to, to be. He's getting away with a lot right now, and I don't think this is the right team to go up against 
when you've got turnover-worthy plays in your back pocket. Penn State is anchored by a polished defensive back core, and Joey Porter Jr., one of my favorite defensive players in the country. If their quarterback, Sean Clifford, doesn't have a complete meltdown in this game, which is a possibility, we're looking at a rocking chair bet here at plus 15.5. I'll take Penn State. Lock it up. Let's move to the NFL. Vikings minus three and a half at home against the Arizona Cardinals. After I circled Ravens minus one, the second game I circled this week was this one. Love the fact that I'm getting the Vikings at home. Love the fact that this is a 1 p.m. game. And I love the fact that the Vikings are coming in off of a bye. Check, check, and check. This team is probably slightly overrated at 5-1. and one, But lucky for them, they're not likely to get exposed in this one. The Cardinals last week feasted off two Andy Dalton pick sixes last Thursday night. I mean... That's not repeatable. I'm not buying that they're world beaters all of a sudden. That offense still has major limitations. Give me the Vikings minus three and a half in this one. Lock it up. Seattle taking on the New York Giants. Seattle favored by three. And I'm afraid that it is time to hop off of the Giants money train. It's been a good ride. I appreciate all that they have given us. But I'm in a spot now where I've been heavy on the Giants and I've been heavy on the Seahawks for weeks, and I have a decision to make. These are like two of my most profitable teams this year going head-to-head. So I have to ask myself, Brandon, who do you trust more, Pete Carroll, Geno Smith, and the Twelves, or Brian Dayball and whatever witchcraft he has over this Giants team at 6-1? and one? I'll take the home team with the quarterback that's playing out of its mind and a defense that might not be as bad as people think. I'll take the Seahawks to win and cover. Lock it up. And you know Tazi's going to be commenting on that one when we are done with the locks. Texans plus two and a half going up against the Tennessee Titans. I know, I know it is gross, but I think the Titans might have some real issues here at the quarterback position this week. So the fact that they go on the road in division, it's a tough spot. Tannehill did practice yesterday, but he was limited. Just sort of reading the tea leaves and what this line should be and... Yeah, this is just weird in terms of... The, I think that the, the Titans should be like five-point favorites in this one. The fact that the line is so tight tells me that either people that know way more than we do think that Malik Willis is going to play or that Ryan Tannehill is going to be so limited uh, that he's just not going to be that effective. I'm telling you, if Malik Willis goes out there, the Texans will win this going away. Malik Willis is not ready for a spot like this. The Texans aren't great, but they're really good at covering the spread. Let me get the Texans plus two and a half. Lock it up. Let's go with the 49ers minus one and a half. Uh, one and a half is my last pick on the road, taking on the LA Rams. First of all, basically a home game for the San Francisco 49ers. Second, Shanahan owns Sean McVay. You've heard all the stats over the last couple of years. They ring true. And I cannot wait to see what a full workload looks like for Christian McCaffrey in this 49ers offense. No one's seen it, Sean McVay included. So he's in a tough spot here, getting ready for a game-changing element with no real knowledge of how he's going to be used. They used him so sparingly last week, you can't really go off of that. These divisional games are chess matches, and it feels like Kyle Shanahan is holding the wild card here. Plus... 49ers have lost two in a row. They're way better than that. I'll take the 49ers minus one and a half. Lock it up. There we go. My stone cold locks of the week. Wow. Uh, Well, I hope you hit every single one besides Seahawks Giants. I'll take another five and one. That's fine. I I can see why everybody, and again, this is one of those where everyone I've talked to is on the Seahawks, it seems, besides the Giants and their fans. I mean, I am scared of Geno. He's probably the best quarterback the Giants have played all year. I mean, the one game they lost was 
to the Cowboys with Cooper Rush. So, and I'm thinking about all their wins. I don't know if we've played like a legitimate brand name quarterback, and it's crazy to say it, but they wrote Gino. Uh, well, Lamar Jackson. Let's give oh, them yeah, some credit for beating Lamar. We did beat Lamar, but that yeah. was at home. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers. Right, You're not but giving your team enough. Sure. Well, I guess. Uh, he is yeah, sure. Geno Smith is better than than Aaron Rodgers at this point. It's he just is. name brand wise. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, and that's part of the problem too is that the Giants have done a lot of great things at home. They haven't gone on the road but th- twice this year. They and they played Tennessee to start the season, one point win, and then went to Jacksonville, and that game really could have gone either way. Luckily, well, it worked out for us in London. And and okay, and London, but that was also a road game for their opponent. Yeah, you know, for so. sure. I mean, and this is got, a, but the, well, my point is, is that this is really the first time they're going on the road to a hostile environment that actually makes a difference as far as being the road team. Absolutely. I mean, the last time they went there, they did get a grind out win with Colt McCoy as their quarterback. I mean, Russell Wilson was on the other side, and he was already starting the decline, so that's another... Yeah, that decline is that, apparent. That was actually the game where I was like, I don't know about him anymore. Yeah, there was just so many weird plays huh. that he left on the field. Uh, maybe I overreacted as well, but Wayne Goldman tore up the Seahawks in that one. Uh, that's going to be an issue if they need to change the play call and stuff like that, but, uh, I mean, the Giants have, like, a formula. It really depends. We're, we're going to learn a lot about, a lot more about both teams. How how really good is Geno? against the Giants' defense that I think is very capable. And then uh, the Giants' offense, can they take advantage of a defense that you know might not be that bad, but they're nothing special in my eyes, and that's why I feel like the Giants can at least you know put some drives together. And, and It should be a tight game. I think it's yeah. going to be a nice situational game. I don't really feel like either team will get bounced in this one, but... Uh, it's the it's the only matchup of two over 500 teams in the NFL this weekend, which is just like hard to believe because yeah. I thought the Seahawks were going to be a tanking team to start the season, and they have just been the surprise of the league, and the Giants right there with them as a surprise team of the league. So where are you with me in terms of the Vikings minus 3.5 at home against the Arizona Cardinals? I, I would say that if you, if you are betting on a site that allows you to buy half a point, I would definitely get down to 3 I try not to do that for this segment because I don't want to cheap out. But if I was betting this, I would just get rid of the hook. You know, I want no part of the three and a half. Right. If I can help it, but I would still take the Vikings because I don't trust Arizona. And this is if you just take it's so simple that, that I think that's the the thing for me this week is simplicity. I didn't overthink a single pick this week. It all just sort of came naturally. Right. That's and the Vikings thing. at one o'clock at home is just the right play. And even if it doesn't hit this week, if you just take that consistently, you're going to end up on the plus end more than you'll end up on the negative side. It, it really does feel like that. Um, but it's also hard for me because it's one of those teams I can't get right. If I take the Vikings, they lose. If I don't, they win. Well, you're spooked by Kirk Cousins. Spooked by just the Vikings in general. I can't get them right. I don't understand. The thing with this game, and I don't, I don't know if it comes into play completely, but like the Vikings can lose this game and still be in great shape in that division. Whereas Arizona, I mean that NFC West is there to be had right now. Yeah. And Kyler is like he's a sandlot player. Like you never know what's going to happen in the Kyler game. Yeah. He can play terribly, they're poorly coached, but he can also, you know, get out of the pocket and just make something happen. So 
I do feel like there's a little bit of value on that card's money line. You know, I'm a value guy, right? But I, you're you probably stand correct with Kirk Cousins at home at 1 p.m. with the skull clap crowd. Yes, <laughs> uh, to me, it's more of some of the picks I make. I'm so confident that it's going to happen. I can't even see a scenario where it doesn't. Some locks are generated that way. Not all locks are created equal. Some <laughs> locks are more of what I would term to be 60 to 65% plays, where I think 60 to 65% of the time, taking the Vikings at home at 1 o'clock when they're the better football team, because that's a key to, don't just blindly do it, but when they're the better team and the number is less than a touchdown, if you just take the Vikings all the time, chances are you're going to find success. So that, to me, feels like a 60% play, whereas I took the Ravens and I'm like, I would have to see it to believe it. To have the Buccaneers win this football game, just can't. Right. If, uh, yes, it can happen. Anything can happen in football. Goes without saying, but I just I couldn't envision it. If the Vikings are wearing purple, they're in good shape. Yeah. It sounds like. Yeah, <laughs> the the one I would say the one that sort of fits the bill is for the Rams. The Rams have looked like trash to me. They really this haven't year. been special. Not at all, and I know that they. So they're coming off of a, a win, a big win against Carolina. I'm sorry, I'm not impressed. I'm on the Carolina bandwagon for that are, a- NFC are South. You? Okay. Why not? I mean, it's a fun story. PJ Walker. Are you going to take the Panthers uh, on the money line? They're four point underdogs against Atlanta this week. I, I parlayed them with the Giants. I did. You know, I, I gave out on, on the pick them. I picked the Falcons, but the more I thought about it, and the more of like the fact that the Bucks lost last night, it's like. I could see something totally crazy where a couple weeks ago, yeah, CMC, Matt Rule, all of a sudden they're gone, and then suddenly, if they win, they're, they're in first place. So can I give you my list here of almost locks? These are the ones that were right on the cusp, and I just couldn't justify putting them in there. Yes. But these are picks that I like that I will probably... This is the way that things have been going for me personally, is I've been crushing it with my locks, and then I bet all these other games that I like, and I kind of end up slightly ahead at the end of the weekend, when if I just didn't do that, I'd be much better off. But either way... I mean, I've been a bet-the-board guy in yeah, the past. Yeah, no, it's fun. You know, it's a fun way to go. You, tell, you just have to enter into this stuff. You know, you do it for a good time. We're not trying to get rich here. I mean, I am. Oh, Tazi's just <laughs> trying to pay rent. Are you kidding me? Yeah, slingshots. <laughs> I'm gambling to save my life. We're playing with scraps. I like the Patriots minus two and a half on the road against the Jets. Like it, but I will at least give the Jets enough respect that I wouldn't lock it up because they've been playing great, and I don't really trust what Bill's doing at quarterback. Right, but that to me feels like that's a spot play. You've got the, you've got the uh, the Patriots off of a primetime blowout going up against the Jets when no one believes in Bill Belichick. Right. That's when you take and Bill. they've won twelve straight against the Jets, even though the Jets have coming off four straight yeah. wins. I saw something, and this is why. Your play makes sense. I mean, I Jets, Giants, Moneyline, Parlay, because I have to ride it till the wheels fall off. But I read that they're the first team since the 2011 Tebow Broncos to win consecutive games with 105 or fewer net pass yards. Yeah, that's not and, good. And what was the team that ended the Tebow era with exclamation points yeah. in the playoffs? It was Bill's Pats. This is so true. I think I'm going to I'm gonna fade your New York parlay and do one on my own with the other way. Ooh. I'm going to go Patriots-Seahawks. That's scary. <laughs> Not a lot of value there. Uh, no, not, but I'll cash in a little bit. Uh, Cowboys minus 9.5, if you can still find that out there against the Bears. I think the Bears, uh, uh, conversely to what we said about the Patriots, a little bit bloated after that win. The Cowboys' defense just matches up really well. I don't know if Justin Fields will find space, but I love what I've seen from him lately. Yeah. So that's why I didn't put it on there, because 
I think if Fields keeps this going, the Bears, uh, the Bears might be sneaky good. My first thought in that game is thirty-seven to ten, Dallas. But like Dak is just coming back, yeah, yeah. and the shakiest game the Cowboys have had this year, ironically enough, was opening week against Tampa. I mean, who would have thought Tampa would turn into what they've become, and that Dallas would like right the ship without Dak? Those are two spooky like themes of the season after how that game in Week One played out. So if Dak is giving the ball away, all of a sudden it gets weird. People start questioning it. But yeah. but probably not. Yeah, probably Dallas, but I could understand where someone would want to take Chicago, so I didn't end up on the locks list. So I've got my locks, I've got my likes. You can find them all at 969thegame.com. There are more likes on there if you want to see more of these picks, some college, some NFL. 969thegame.com in the in the zone section. We zone out with Jake Chapman next.